Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am so glad you're here today. I have a question to ask you. What if you were able to achieve your lifelong dreams by the age of 30? For most of us, to achieve those big dreams that we had when we were in our teenage years or even in our early 20s, Sometimes we have such big goals and big dreams. It does take us a lifetime, but sometimes we can still have those big dreams and big goals since we were five years old, like my next guest, and we can achieve those dreams by the age of 30. What do you do then? What's next? And how do you handle that kind of success and achievement at such a young age? Well, my next guest, Rachel Parrish, is here to talk about that very thing. And she talks about her road to the achievement. She talks about using fear as a catalyst, which is so important. I really want you to think about this as you're listening to the episode. How can you use the fear that may be holding you back from achieving your dreams How can you use it as a catalyst and a gift to help propel you towards those big visions and those big dreams that you have for your life? What are those dreams? Do you have them written down? Are you really clear on them? And if you're sitting there saying, Natalie, I know I'm meant for more. I just don't quite know what it is. You're in the perfect place. That is what the Leadership Lab is all about. It's to help you find the clarity and the confidence around the next step in your career. So Rachel is going to be talking about her personal story. And it's the beauty of all of the women that come into the Leadership Lab is they come in with their own goals, their own personal journey, their own stories, and their own limiting beliefs that they bring into the program. And what they get out of it is they get a community where those beliefs are challenged, where their stories are heard and understood and accepted and listened to and seen and acknowledged. And women for the first time realize in so many ways that they're not alone in their struggles. If you're curious to know more, you can go back and listen to episode 43 with Caroline Creamer episode 37 with Joan Caraggio, episode 30 with Jen Johnson, and episode 29 with Lisa Raggio. Just like Rachel, all of these amazing women have been through the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab, and they all have powerful stories and experiences to share that are uniquely their own. So if you haven't had the chance to go back and listen to those episodes, I really encourage you to do so. I think you'll be inspired. So as you're listening to the episode, I encourage you to listen to the quote that Rachel shares from her father's mother. It is very profound and very powerful, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And I also can't wait for Rachel to share her story with you. And after listening to Rachel's story, if you decide that the Leadership Lab might be something you're interested in, please reach out to me at Natalie at corecreationcoaching.com and schedule a free 30-minute consultation with me 
to talk about whether or not the program is a good fit for you. We have two cohorts starting in January, one on the 14th and one on the 18th for 12 weeks with a group of 12 to 15 women. We would love to have you be a part of it. And what better way to get 2021 started off on the right foot? So don't hesitate to reach out and set up your free consultation. I look forward to connecting with you and potentially seeing you in our January cohort. So let's dive into this episode with Rachel Parrish. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. All right, Rachel, happy Friday. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you were one of our founding members of the Leadership Lab, and I'm so glad you're here today to not only share your personal story and your career history and your journey, um, but also your journey within the Leadership Lab. So I'm so excited for my listeners to to hear everything about you. Thank you. Yes, I'm I have nothing but wonderful things to say about the leadership lab. You know, it was, uh, it was so inspirational, especially at a time where life was um, just a little bit unpredictable. It was so great to have a constant gathering and community of women that I could just kind of bounce ideas off of um, or just come ask to be (laughs) held up. Um, in support, which I definitely did. And uh, I was supported. And you know, it's 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 made such a big difference in my life and my year. So very, very happy uh-huh. I've done it. Yeah, we, you know, interestingly enough, we we launched the Leadership Lab, as you're talking about in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, the Leadership Lab founding members started in June for their 12 week program. And that was, you know, a couple months into COVID. I think we were all, (laughs) we were all feeling, (laughs) I mean, we're still feeling that way because we're still in the middle of COVID and things have, you know, not gotten any better, unfortunately. But, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we, yeah, we did. We launched in the middle of June and, you know, here we are now we're in November, end of November, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But what I'd like is I would love for you to share with my listeners a little bit about, you know, your career history and who you are and what inspires you. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about my career history. So I like to start back um, in college because I think it's kind of interesting to see where I transitioned to being um, in kind of the, the, the space I'm in now, which is communication. So I started off as a broadcast journalism major. I knew my whole entire life that I wanted to work in sports broadcast. I grew up watching Bryant Gumbel's Real Real Sports, and it was just something that I sat down. I think it was the connection that I had with my dad from a young age, just watching these different sporting events with him. So fast forward to school. Um, I go to college. I went to the University of Missouri. Shout out to Mizzou. And um, <laughs> I started off as a broadcast journalism major. 
but I quickly learned, and I think this is just by way of my ambition, um, that I didn't actually want to be in front of the camera, that I wanted to be behind the camera. I, I, I volunteered as a student worker in our um, athletic strategic communications department, which is a very fancy way of saying PR. And um, I worked, you know, alongside a lot of the athletes that eventually went on to become professionals within football, basketball, baseball, softball, soccer, you name it. And that was when I really realized that a lot of the messaging, you know, we use the buzzword messaging, a lot of the words, the communications, the interviews that you see are created by a department. And they're just really working to make sure that how the brand that you're working for wants you to feel about them translates into the greater community. So um, after switching majors in school, I actually started off as a, uh, a an intern for NBC Sports working on an action sports tour. So, uh, I, you know, the first thing I learned from a very early on is you have to be flexible and <laughs> you have to be yeah. able to adapt to any situation. I knew nothing about skateboarding or, or BMX riding, <laughs> um, certainly nothing about surfing. Uh, but I quickly learned that my previous knowledge, you know, didn't matter. I had the skills and I had the mindset to learn and to do more. And it, it actually ended up being one of the best professional experiences I ever had. I got to travel the United States working with um, a lot of really cool athletes who I still follow to this day. And I got to do a lot of different things because they operated as a very small sort of shop um, environment. So I was having a hand in marketing and in partnerships and also doing our traditional PR, which is, you know, if you're not familiar with the field, it's a lot of interviews. It's working directly with the media. So when a journalist reaches out to an athlete or to any sort of property and wants to have a question or a quote or a conversation with someone, that usually goes through a publicist. Um, and so that's mainly what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So very interesting early on career, you know, journey. And what I will say is after working at NBC Sports, you know, I kind of transitioned into a roundabout journey through um, a nonprofit world and then doing social media for State Farm. And I think having those sort of left field experiences really shaped me to be able to have a holistic viewpoint when it came to me coming back into PR like I do now. So I worked at United Way. Uh, in St. Louis, which was an amazing experience. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working in the community, um, helping fundraise. And actually, while I was there, the Affordable Care Act was rolled out. And uh, I ended up writing a blog post that went viral that was just talking about five things that people can do to understand healthcare, uh, specifically focused on youth. And after um, being selected by the by the worldwide to represent them at the White House and speak at the Young Healthy America conference, I was, you know, really just kind of brought back to the to to my core values, which was being again, you know, helping get the word out about topics and things that I find matter to other people. 
So I transitioned to going to State Farm, doing their social media, which is really, you know, um, just a different way of getting out a brand's message, but via the social channels. And I joke. I joke all the time with people. I spent a little bit of time being Jake from State Farm online. So (laughs) yes, if you messaged us, um, your kid was dressed up as Jake and I sent you a friendly message back. It was me. (laughs) Uh, That is so funny. Yeah, it was so, it was so great. And what I will say is um, I loved having that direct interaction with the communities that we were working with. You know, uh, you think about, a product again, working in a field that I knew nothing about insurance. Um, so now I've transitioned from working in action sports to a nonprofit world to now car and health insurance and right. having to figure out how to make that product quote unquote sexy. And there was a lot of challenges that came with that. But I think, you know, having the approach of while it's a challenge, it creates an opportunity. And so I had the opportunity to connect a lot of different influencers and people, um, brands that we worked with in a unique way so that they could, you know, kind of make that unexpected connection. Um, we did a concert with DJ Khaled for All-Star Weekend, which was really fun. Um, oh, out, that's great. Yeah, he brought out everyone who we didn't approve. And that's fine. <laughs> because <laughs> it is a great cultural moment. Um, but, you know, not making that unexpected connection and, and seeing how, you know, at the core, you can really, you can make um, two things that don't seem to belong together match perfectly. And a lot of that is made possible by, again, positioning the brand in a certain way, communicating that message out to the community so that they can make that connection as well. So um, all of that kind of brought me to a journey uh, that I'm at now. And that is working uh, for a global sports company as a publicist. And the experience has been so transformative. You know, it's really shown me that whatever I put my mind to, I can achieve, but also I can never think too big. So, you know, working on some of the biggest events in the sports world and having the opportunity to work with some of, you know, the biggest name athletes has been such a great achievement. But I think the thing that has stood out to me the most is seeing all the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. And, Mm. you know, especially during COVID when the entire sports world has had to make adjustments and has had to really stop and put health and safety at the top of mind and making sure that, you know, we're really putting our values as a, as a society first. It's been great to see how a lot of the athletes have kind of aligned behind that and being able to have a part of helping them get that message out. You know, again, you take the shift of, um, of taking something that's not directly related to what's going on on the, on whatever you're doing, you know, like on the field, um, and making that thing that still matters to that person. Again, you know, just how I wrote that blog post because it mattered to me and helping amplify it out to the masses is it's just something that I can't really put words behind. It's, it's been such an honor having that experience. Um, and, and quite frankly, it's just been a dream of mine. I've achieved a major dream at a very young age. I've always wanted to work, you know, for a big sports company and, um, 
now that I've been here, I can, I can really say that it shaped, helped shape me to be the woman and the professional that I am. But it's also shown me again, that I can't dream too big. Um, I recently heard a quote by Swiss beat actually. And he said, the sky's not the limit. It's just the view. And that resonates so deeply with me because where I thought where I, where I'm at now is, was my sky. <laughs> no, right. it's, it's now simply just my view and I can see up from here. So, you know, it's, it's been one of the, one of the best experiences ever, both for me personally and, and professionally. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know what I love that you're sharing, Rachel, is I think there's this there's this old school thought, right, that you finally get to a point in your career and you achieve expertise and mastery and all of a sudden, you know, you're feeling good and confident. And what I love and I'm I'm glad you brought up that you've achieved so much at a young age because, you know, I bring up your age only because you have achieved so much at a young age and you've done it in such a beautiful way because the lesson that you have to share is so important. So many women, you know, that are either your age or even older, especially older, feel like, oh, well, I don't know anything about insurance. I don't know anything about action sports. I don't know anything about maybe, you know, this big sports marketing organization that you're working for, right? And that didn't matter to you. And it's like, you are doing what I advise and I coach all women to do is you have core strengths, you have core skills, you have the ability to think and to think on your feet and to be flexible and to adjust and to pivot and to bring yourself to the situation you can learn all the rest. Absolutely. Yes, you can. And, you know, it's so funny. I've, I've this mindset, if I could pinpoint where it came from, my father always quotes his grandmother and she says, nothing beats a failure, but a try. And that can seem like such a simple concept, but the hardest part is the trying. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm hesitant all the time. I'm scared. There are things that I'm fearful of, you know, you've made, you make it from one job to the next. And, and I think what's important to, to really recognize is the generational difference. Some generations experienced, you know, not being able to get a job so easily, not having a good job market. When you get into Mm -hmm. a company, you stay there. My mom has been with her company for 36 years. I was with my company for 27. <laughs> and it's no different than the company yeah. that I'm at now. There are people who are there who've been there for 20 plus years. And, you know, what I will say is it takes a lot of self-awareness. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. If you feel like your core values are still being valued and appreciated and supported in that place, and you're able to grow and to experience new things, then, you know, there's not that that's not to say that you should leave just because you can, but also don't be afraid to leave because you can, you can, you can do anything. You, you can honestly do anything. And the only thing that's limiting us is our own self-limiting beliefs. And that's something that I have, you know, I, I personally struggle with all of the time and I have wonderful people like you, <laughs> Natalie, who help, you know, um, 
helped me really have a gut check. But, you know, if, as, as long as you are able to truly know yourself, and I would, I would suggest, and this is what the leadership cohort, cohort was so great for, really aligning yourself with your values. Align yourself with your values and understand exactly what it is that you bring to the table. Because so many people approach it with, I'm fortunate because I have this job. When in reality, that job is fortunate because they have you. If they didn't have workers to do the job, they wouldn't be a company and they wouldn't be able to function. There's a reason you earned that position. There's a reason that you are there and you're going day to day. And look, if you feel like you can improve before you try to look to go elsewhere, then do that. But it's always the try. You can't fail if you don't try. And anybody who I've who I've studied, um, you know, any entrepreneur, any professor, any sort of any sort of person with success that that you study, they'll they'll all tell you so many of their years and so much of their time was spent failing before they were able to succeed. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing there is taking that negative connotation of failure because that just means trying. They tried a lot of different things and finally one stuck. And you just have to you have to use that fear as a catalyst to do these things because otherwise you'll spend a whole life wishing, thinking, imagining, and creating scenarios in your mind and not actually living out those possibilities. Okay, mic drop. I I mean, that's the I know. I mean, I just I love everything that you just shared, because it's so true. If you don't use fear as a catalyst, and as an inspiration, you literally end up with a life full of regrets. Yes. And, and, and it's and I'm honestly, I'm, I'm practicing what I preach. I am scared. I'm at a point right now where, you know, I, ha- I'm at a crossroads, and I have to make decisions for my life. And, you know, it's, I'm so fortunate to be in this position where fear is coming in because of there's endless possibilities. And that's really Mm -hmm. what it is. You don't know what the outcome is, right? That's usually where fear is coming from. Um, Mm -hmm. Anxiety is worrying about the past. Fear is, you know, trying to anticipate the future. But at the same time, I'm so happy that I have this fear that can act as a catalyst for me to get me to the next point in my life, wherever that looks. And and again, this does not have to just apply professionally. This can be, you know, living out, let's say you don't want to leave your job security that you're at now, and that's fine. Honestly, that's okay. Then use your free time to act as, you know, as, as your catalyst to do the things that fulfill you, because you just don't want to live a life that's unfulfilled. You don't, you know, and, and life is too short. 2020 especially has shown us all that it's unexpected. I joke with my friends. I started the pandemic. I turned 30 uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And by the time life returns to normal, I'll be in my mid thirties pretty much, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, right. Right. You know, you just, you, you, you have to take advantage of what you have. And so understanding that fear is just, Fear is, is a catalyst and it can be absolutely used as long as you don't let it limit where, where you want to go. I, I, Rachel, I completely agree with you and I love what you're sharing. I also love, you know, kind of as you're speaking, when you, sh- when you share, you know, look, I dreamed about the role that I'm in right now because I, th- I think I remember you sharing this in the leadership lab mm-hmm. since you were five. Yes. Like you, your plan 
was to always get to the role you are in right now. Absolutely. So you have a you have totally achieved your dream. Yes. Yeah, my lifelong and, dream. Yeah. Right. Right. I you have totally ach- achieved your lifelong dream. And what I, I love is you like once you got there, you're like, "Oh, you know what? Nothing is too big." Yeah. Absolutely. I I mean, listen, I never in a million years did I think that at my young age, I would have achieved a lifelong dream. They're lifelong dreams for a reason. You don't see yourself working there until, you know, you're almost at retirement age and you finally made it Mm -hmm. and you've done all this other stuff in between. And so when I made it to that, when I achieved that dream, it, has felt so surreal. And I spent a lot of the first several months there just kind of in this cloud of disbelief, (laughs) you know, do I belong here? Am I really here? I can't believe that I've made it. And then I really kind of tuned into, again, my core values and understanding what it is that I bring to the table. And I said, well, I deserve to be here. I absolutely earned it. I Um, In college, again, when I was interning for that strategic communications department, my freshman year homecoming, when everybody else was still hung over from Friday night (laughs) festivities, Saturday at 5 a.m., I was up at the soccer field helping hold a little telescope thing for ESPN so that they could do a live broadcast because I told myself one day I'm going to think about this and say, Thank you for making that sacrifice because look at where it got us. And I often thank my younger self for the sacrifices I made. And I know that, you know, in 30 years from now, I'll be thanking my 30 year old self for the things that I'm doing now. And um, what I'm realizing is that this is just, this is just a destination on my journey in life. And I thought this was the big thing. I can't imagine what's next for me. And I'm not going to pretend like I know. I I don't have a next big dream. I'm so excited because I see all of the potential that I have. I'm personally right now really trying to work through a lot of imposter syndrome because, you know, with having such really big dreams comes questioning if you deserve it or if you're capable of of succeeding in those dreams. And so right now I'm just spending time thinking about what next looks like for me, how I can continue to grow and challenge myself after I've spent so much of my life wanting to get to this point. And it it does pose a question to myself, did I not dream big enough? And I don't think that's it. I think I dreamed very big. I just, you know, I'm, I'm such a, big advocate for manifesting your thoughts and your words become things. And I didn't realize it, but ever since I was five, I was manifesting to myself that this was going to be a reality for me. And I put action Mm -hmm. behind those words and behind those thoughts. I wrote down goals and I made sacrifices and that's why I'm at where I'm at today. So thinking too big is never a possibility. It's just, are you willing to put all of those elements together to, to make it to that goal. And also what does that goal realistically look like for you? You know, um, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're not borrowing someone else's dream, that it makes sense for you and that you're putting things together and putting things down and 
filling your, your mind with thoughts that will benefit you in the long run and not just what you think would make other people think you're successful. Oh, that's so valuable. And, you know, we're not mentioning um, specifically where you work, yeah. but but you work for the largest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want to put it out there. You work for the largest sports company in the world. I do. Yes. Right. Yeah. So for privacy reasons, we are not sharing that. But I just want to I mean, you're, you dreamed super big and you are a PR, you know, you're in PR for the biggest sports company in the world. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's amazing. And it's amazing. And, and I love what you're sharing about mindset, right? Is because you have manifested this, you have seen this, you visioned it for yourself. And I also love that you're sharing like, hey, yeah, once I got here, I am struggling with some imposter syndrome. So let's kind of talk about why did you sign up for the Leadership Lab? I signed up for the Leadership Lab because I was at a crossroads in my career, in my personal life, and I just really needed a little bit of a push in the right direction. I actually met Lori Tab through a friend who I connected with through a campaign I was working on. and. She just happened to see in me that she thought Lori might be able to, you know, have a conversation with me at the very least, because I was just saying how I felt a little stuck. Then after a conversation with Lori, Lori saw in me, I think that you could benefit from this cohort we have coming up. And so, you know, I was a little hesitant, not just not because I didn't believe that it would help, but because everybody feels like we're too busy. And I was like, I'm going through grad school. I'm going through work. It's this pandemic going on. I don't know, you know, how to handle it, but I ended up signing up and my experience in the leadership lab was one that truly impacted me for the rest of my life. I learned how to put to paper my core values. I learned how to have belief in myself, even when I'm doubting. And that is so important. Um, Having that sage when your saboteur is really knocking at your door and understanding that though I have self-limiting beliefs that a lot of time come in the form of imposter syndrome, I know that I am brilliant. I know that I am capable. I know that I have relationships that I've built that no matter what happens, I'll be okay. And I think that was was the biggest transformation for me. And, you know, really feeling like I felt supported. I had so many women that I could see every single week. And there were several times when in the beginning, I would just say, I need help. (laughs) I had a terrible day. And I need you all to support me throughout this next week. And I woke up every single day to a message from someone in the group with an inspirational quote or just saying, you know, you got this. And it meant the world to me. And it was so helpful too, because we felt it was, you know, we were social distancing and it it was just such um, an isolated time and having the leadership lab really helped me feel connected and feel like I was still a part of a community without, you know, having to put myself at risk at that time. So 
I have so many different things from it. I can't wait to share more in the future that's coming because, you know, the leadership lab has helped transform me into so many different ways. It's helped me build confidence in ways that I didn't know I was missing. And most importantly, it, it gave me tools to refer back to when old me keeps creeping in and I need to kind of get back to my core. So um, I, ha- I have nothing but wonderful things to say about the cohort and being a part of the first. Yay. <laughs> yes, being a part of as a founding member. Yes. So kind of the great thing about the program is, you know, we build this framework and we build this curriculum, but every person comes into the cohort with their own goals and aspirations and what they want to get out of it. So if you don't mind sharing, what were some of your specific goals that you were looking to achieve, you know, at the end of 12 weeks? Yes, definitely. My goals that I was looking to achieve were mainly dealing with my self-limiting beliefs. I know what I'm capable of, but I just didn't know how to kind of get the car going once it stops. And I really needed tools to kind of help me get back to that core. And what I do want to share and just be very candid is, you know, especially along with that, I encourage therapy um, because there are some things that working through, you know, internally just really kind of need to take a deeper, deeper dive into. But in the same vein, having professional tools to really go back to is so important. Working in a corporate structure and having to navigate different things there, having to weigh, you know, decisions. Uh, do I stay? Do I go? Who do I talk to? Who can I trust? All feed into making that strong framework. And, you know, being in the leadership um, lab really helped me kind of put together a fully formed guidebook to really refer back to. So my self-limiting beliefs, and then also just doubting, a lot of doubting. You know, I'll be candid. I took a pay cut to get to where I'm at because I was so passionate. Again, like I said, sacrifices come with achieving your dreams, right? And these are things people don't talk about. But I I was was hesitant because I took a pay cut. I was hesitant because I moved away from my family. I was hesitant because I wasn't fully thriving in the role that I want, that I, that I, in the way that I wanted to. And so I just wanted to put all of those things out on the table and figure out how I can work through them and still feel like I was me at my core. And the framework that you mentioned, Natalie, with um, understanding what it is I know to be true, understanding my sage, understanding that you know, when I have these self-limiting beliefs about myself, it's just a saboteur that's coming up and it's not necessarily a reflection of who I am truly helped me work through so many different things, helped me make a lot of big decisions that, you know, I quite frankly, I, I, I had at the back of my mind, but I didn't want to face yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Tell us, you you brought it up a little bit, but t- tell us about um, your feeling about the community that was formed in the leadership lab. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was definitely one of the youngest ones in the lab, in the cohort, but I felt so connected to the thing that, to the thing that all of the women were going through. And I think what it shows is that 
no matter where we are in life, we're all dealing with similar, similar, similar elements. Um, you know, it's the doubt. Can I do this? If I leave, will I still succeed? Do I deserve to have the bigger title? Should I fight for my, for my promotion? Um, you know, how do I start this business again? And I think that having that community, it's funny because sometimes, you know, you think, um, oh, misery loves company, but it's not that. It's more bringing all of these things that you have to the table and figuring out you're not alone and that you're not, it's not an isolated event. It's something that all women, truly all women face. And then you can hear how other people are dealing with it. And you can take from that what you need to apply to your own personal situation. And that was honestly so wonderful. And I benefited because there were so many women who had years under their uh, years of experience under their belt. And they were able to speak to, you know, like, I remember being at the point that you are, and I wish I would have done then what, what you're doing now. And that made me feel good too, because it just really reaffirmed the fact that my actions are getting me ultimately to a space that I want to be, which is like so many of the women who I respect so much that were in the cohort with me. Um, and, and I definitely, I still keep in contact. We'll have monthly happy hours, little text, um, you know, just making sure that there's still that community that's there because it was so genuine. It wasn't forced. I, I looked forward to seeing everyone every week. I looked forward to being able to have this space where I could kind of bring, bring my troubles to the table and, and know that I could walk away with tools to address them. So wonderful, wonderful connecting with everyone. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it, and it really is true. I mean, you know, it's funny because we always talk about how Mondays are kind of a drag and Monday nights were your nights. And it just was always so great. I mean, everyone would always say, oh, Mondays are my favorite day of the week. And, you know, to see you guys come together and bond so quickly and so deeply. And like you said, I think that was one of the things that was said, I want to say either week one or week two. Um, someone, and I forget who said it, but said, you know what? I realized through sharing all of this that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And that was such a powerful thing for everyone in the group. And, and that theme has carried on into our second cohort and our third cohort. And the women are saying the same thing. And, and the women are just, they create this amazing bond. And I know, like you mentioned, I know that you still keep in contact with the women and, mm -hmm. and you guys are still supporting each other, you know, even after the program's over. And um, we were talking about it before the, our podcast is that, you know, you've made a, you've made friends for life yep. and um, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And, you know, and I love what you also talk about how the, the women who had experience were supportive of you because they were sharing their experience with you. And I think the great part and the reason why we curate the community the way we do with, you know, diversity and age diversity and, you know, industry diversity and, and every kind of diversity that we aim to, to get into the program is because the women who had experience, who had been in companies maybe for 10, 20, 30 years, they benefited from your mindset. They benefited from your boldness. They benefited from from you saying, you know, why are you saying, you know, are you saying out of fear? And 
you know, look what I'm doing because you you are so inspirational. And so I know that you gave back so much to those women as well. It was very, it was very reciprocal and very mutual. So thank you, Natalie. That's uninspirational. That makes me feel good. I, I feel like I tried to just live in my truth because honestly, sometimes I'm probably too honest, but there, what I've realized, especially a young, among women, especially among young black women is not sharing the truth about things. We don't talk yeah. about pay. We don't talk about title structure. We don't talk about negotiations. And I think the thing that I just tried to live in my truth is that if nobody else knows, if we don't start talking about those things, and that's, again, another way that a lot of us are held back because, you know, we're told to believe that we're lucky to be at this place where we're made to feel like, you know, if I lose this job, the world will end. I'm here to tell you it won't. I've lost the job <laughs> before, you know, I've been laid yeah. off, I've been fired. And I know people who have also experienced the same in during all walks of life. And all of us still woke up the next day and continued on with life. And so um, I thank you so much, you know, for calling me inspirational. But honestly, I am I am just a reflection of so many women who poured into me and were honest with me and allowed me to translate that honesty to those who I met afterwards. Because again, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it weren't for somebody when I was five telling me that I could achieve anything that I wanted to achieve. And, you know, for a lot of the women who I've worked with, who I work under, who have built me up, I have the best list and the best story ever. When one of my managers, it was the first time I worked underneath a woman she pulled me to the side on like my second day and she said, listen, you're brilliant, but you talk too much. You need to listen, listen, listen some more. And then when you think you want to talk, listen again, and then you can speak. And she said, you don't want to be somebody who people look at in the room as just filling space. When you speak, you want it to have purpose. And I think that was such a great example of transparency and honesty. She didn't have to say that to me. You know, it's not like I was violating a company policy, but right. she wanted me to be better because of experiences that she had. And that is what has made me a very effective team member because I only speak when I have something of value that I have really thought through to say. And I, I share that now with whoever is listening, because in a moment of transparency, that's what I was told. And now I'm going to share it with you, you know? And so again, I say, I'm just a reflection of the people who have been brave enough to be honest with me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so powerful. I really, I do. I, I think everything you're saying, and I, and I love your transparency. I love your honesty. And we need to be having more of these conversations with women of color with with all women we really do you know um i was just reading um there's a great book by lewis frankel called nice girls still don't get the corner office and she talks about how men have you know if you look at it in a football field men have end to end zone and they have the full field to play on mm -hmm. then you have white women who have a smaller field and different rules and then you have women of color 
who have a much smaller field and much less bandwidth and much different rules that they're supposed to quote unquote abide by. And I love the honesty and the transparency of you saying, look, you know, women of color need to share their stories with each other. We need to talk about pay. We need to talk about these things. We need to talk about it because it needs to be an open conversation so you guys so you can be supportive of each other. Absolutely. You know, it's um it's no longer enough to just see ourselves in these positions. You know, yes, I'm talking specifically about um women of color, but you know, black women within that because we're such a such a small subset. Right. But you know, bringing it back wider than that to women because we're paid less than men, we know that. We know that yep. we are occupying far less executive positions within these companies. We know that a big part of the reason that this happens is through gatekeeping. You know, yep. A lot of people, a lot of women, especially once they get through the door, they don't feel like there's enough room for everyone. So they shut it instead of keeping it open or taking it off the hinges. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then we don't talk about pay. We don't talk about raises. We don't talk about investing. We're not having these discussions. And, and mm. this is, and this is created by an environment that has been put in place by centuries of oppression, but also because it's designed to help white men continue to achieve. And continue to be in control. And continue to be in control. Exactly. And there's of no benefit to anybody else except for ourselves to stop keeping these things to ourselves because otherwise, you know, you can't, you can't trust Glassdoor to tell you what your industry standard for salaries are. You have to have these open and honest conversations. And then you have to be holding your companies accountable. Um, I had a conversation this week with some, some women within my company. And I said, how are we, you know, we're having these discussions on how we can improve from the top down, but what are our accountability mechanisms? Like, who are we going to turn to when these things are not achieved? And who and, and how are we going to hold them accountable? So, you know, um, it's again, I say it's not enough to just start seeing us in these positions. Yes, we're starting to see more women in these positions. Yes, we're starting to see more black women in leadership level positions. But is that just a figurehead? Are they occupying a seat at the table or are their voices being heard? And then from there, what does it look like for everyone else? What kind of money should I expect? What kind of job title should I expect? What kind of benefits should I expect from there? Um, so yeah, I'm a huge advocate for it. I don't think that we talk enough. I don't think you can share too much because, you know, at the end of the day, unless it's the IRS, it's not going to hurt to share <laughs> how much you make, you know, in a workplace. If it's, a, if it's an honest conversation, it's only going to help the next woman do better. I completely agree. And, and Rachel, you know, I mean, since the beginning of your journey, you talked about how you, you know, when you were working for the United Way and your blog post went viral and you, you talked about, you know, how you've always wanted to connect to your core values on topics that, and get the word out about topics that are important to you. So I appreciate you talking about this. And I think you are such an example of, a woman leading powerfully, which is exactly why um, you were in the program. So talk to us now. At the end of 12 weeks, it's been a couple months now since the program ended. 
What did you learn at the end of 12 weeks and what did you take with you and how are you moving through the world differently now because of your experience in the leadership lab? Gosh, well, the end of 12 weeks, I took life, a lifelong friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. I think that's number one, lifelong connections and lifelong friends. Um, but speaking from a personal level, I took a level of confidence away. Um, and confidence, not in the sense of self-esteem, because I have a high self-esteem. I don't think, you know, there's anybody who can do what I do better than me. And I think that's the type of mentality that you you need to have, you know, fake it until you make it. Um, but confidence in a, in a sense of, again, going back to that car analogy, once that car stops, I know I have the tools to help get it started again. And I don't, I won't feel, I won't necessarily feel stuck like I did before I started the leadership lab, because that's really honestly uh, what I felt, I was just feeling a little stuck. I was feeling like I don't know how to get everything working again and feeling aligned with what I was doing with my core values. And, you know, what did those core values look like for me? Um, so after those 12 weeks, I just honestly completely reframed how the rest of my life will look. And I say the rest of my life, you know, until again, I reach a point where it's time to kind of readjust and reevaluate, but right. um, having the tools to be able to, you know, understand that I want to start, I, I'm an entrepreneur and there are things that I care about that I want to start and do on the side. So again, I spoke to the fact that as long as you know, you have your values, um, you don't, you know, if you don't feel like you're ready to leave wherever you're at, that's fine. But spend your time, your free time doing something that still fulfills those values. And so for me, it was just thinking of, you know, in my nine to five, I do publicity for a sports league. And then in my five to nine, I might want to curate an art museum. I love art. I love performing art. I, I played piano ever since I was a very young age. Um, and so just being able to understand that my, what my values are and how to feed those values so that I can continue to feel aligned and not feel stuck like I was before. Yeah, that's fabulous. I, I, it's so, it's so great. And it's just so great to hear you share your story and your journey. Um, cause some of this I'm hearing for the first time too, which is great. I mean, we talked so much in the leadership lab, but you know, we're in a group program. And so just even getting to learn more about your specific journey has been really amazing for me today. Um, tell us what you're celebrating now. Gosh, well, I will be graduating with a master's in integrated marketing communication on December 15th. Woohoo! Congrats. That's a big accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. I know as if life wasn't, you know, crazy <laughs> enough, which I just threw a master's on top of that, which is a different, a different story for another podcast. I started that program when I had been laid off. Um, and I didn't want to have a period of unemployment. So um, me being the ambitious woman that I am, I'll just go get a master's. And um, so now I'm graduating and I now have full-time employment. So that has been a feat, but, um, I'm so excited because I can honestly say that the program challenged me in ways that I didn't know possible. And it's kind of helped set me up again for that entrepreneurial type type spirit. Like right now my five to nine is school because that's all I have time for. But, um, right. as soon as that's done, I'm going to take a brief break because self-care. 
And then I'm going to hit the ground running. And I'm so excited to have these new tools. Um, I'm really hoping that 2021 is a little kinder to us than 2020 was. Amen. Um, <laughs> I'm able to maybe get out some. But again, you know, I said earlier, um, we see challenges, I see opportunities. So uh, while I, I, you know, COVID might not be going anywhere, I can still find an opportunity to, to connect with people through um, whatever, whatever obstacles it brings. Yeah. And as far as, you know, congrats on the MBA. That's a great accomplishment. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And what final words would you have to say or share with someone who's maybe listening and saying, yeah, the program sounds great. I don't know. I don't know if it's the right time. I don't know if it's maybe right for me. I don't know if it'll help me with my specific challenge. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just scared. What would you say to that person? I would say take that fear and take that apprehension and use it as a catalyst. Do the program, figure out where your values are, identify what those saboteurs are, what's keeping you from being able to kind of push through that next level and be honest and bring all that to the table. and. At the end of the 12 weeks, you will absolutely experience growth in ways that you would have never thought possible because unless you identify your saboteurs and unless you identify those self-limiting beliefs that you're experiencing, you're not going to be able to push through them and you're going to continue to be stuck. So let's just figure out how you can get that car moving again and back on the road and you know, continue to achieve your dreams. I was there too. I was a little hesitant, but I am 100% confident that the tools I learned there are what got me to the point that I'm at now. And I can't wait to share more about, you know, where the leadership program has helped, helped get me to. So just do it. You deserve it. You deserve to take a couple of hours out of your week for yourself, for your self growth, because Otherwise, you know, you don't want life again to look you by and then you'll end up at the end of an unfulfilled life thinking about all the things that you could have done instead of just doing them. Rachel, I'm so grateful for you being here today. I'm so grateful for your wisdom, your inspiration, your story, because it's so inspiring and it's so amazing to hear you talk so openly and honestly about your journey. And I just appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your leadership lab experience with my listeners. And I'm just so, so grateful you were here today. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Natalie. It's been wonderful. You and Lori have put together such a wonderful program. Um, you've really, you know, identified the areas that so many of us women are struggling with and, um, you know, provided tools and frameworks that just sets us up for success. And, and the best part about that is you define your own success and you can apply these frameworks to whatever that means, you know, professionally, personally, whatever. So thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to continue to meet people from the cohort. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, we'll put your um, information in the show notes for people to connect with you on social media and LinkedIn. And if they want to continue the conversation with you. So Thanks again, Rachel. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Natalie. You too. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one 
thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.